Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto Selman also known as the CEO of Collecti Labs, and NFT Tones is in the building, so we'll call this an Italian special. I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Sam Bankman-Fried met with the Federal Reserve, convincing the Fed he was worth investing in, as BitBoy Crypto took this matter into his own hands, going to the Bahamas, searching for answers. Former Ripple developer explains where all the fake news around XRP comes from, showing evidence of a paid campaign to tarnish this crypto's reputation. JP Morgan says centralized exchanges are here to stay as MetaMask reveals they are now collecting user data. Former SEC director William Hinman made millions promoting Ethereum. We discussed the blurred lines surrounding crypto and political donations. And with this bear market coming to a close, some altcoins are looking more bullish than ever. We reveal a massive indicator that could lead XRP to price targets never seen before. Our show was available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, it's been too long, my friend, but I was actually at your house this week, so it hasn't been that long. Great to see your beautiful face. How are you feeling this morning? Yes, it was great to see all you guys in our little East Coast reunion abs. I will say that, but I will say to everybody, first of all, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you. Appreciate you guys. And it is so great to have the OG host back in his seat where he belongs. Abs, there's a request for you to play that beautiful piano back there. So when you get a chance, you're going to have to jam on a little bit. But yes, we're happy to have you back. It was great to see you guys. It was awesome. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys again soon, as well as Salman. Salman, great to see you, buddy. And NFT Tones. Thanks, Johnny Crypto. I'm excited to be back. And we got the CEO of Collecti Labs in the building, Selman G. We're going to show our listeners a really, really interesting roadmap. Not sure if you want to address that now, but how you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Abs. Man, I wish I was there this weekend. Hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving also and a beautiful weekend. Guys, I'm super happy. The chat is on fire, as always. I really love it when it's like constantly, you know, uh, going down. I love that. So um, I'm super excited. We got amazing content prepared for you guys. So um, the floor is yours. Awesome, guys. And we got NFT Tones joining us as well. NFT Tones, it's great to see you here. As Johnny would say, hair looks amazing. What's on your mind, my friend? And thanks for making time for us. Yo, I am glad to be here. It was a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. Short and sweet, my friend. And we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is in moderate fear this morning, sitting at a 26. Johnny, there's nothing worth addressing, but when we look at the crypto bubbles, we're getting some exciting price action here. So I do want to let you address any of the daily movers that catch your attention. We got Link up 7%, Dogecoin up 8%, FTM up 8%. What catches your attention, Roto? You know, when you look at the trends and see what's happening, you see that Light- Litecoin kind of broke the broke the uh, the downtrend and it's kind of going up. And there's a few coins that are starting to do the same thing. Uh, Link being one of them, Doge being another, Rune being another, Matic, and a few others. So I'm looking at those. I'm I'm actually 
highly considering to, to, to DCA into several of those right now, to be honest with you, uh, or soon, you know, in the next day or two. So, yeah, there's a few that are starting to show that, you know, so go look at what Litecoin did, LTC. And uh, if you see other coins behaving in that fashion, that could be a sign that some of those are ready to go soon. So that's what I'm looking at, Abs. With a black swan looming on the horizon, Johnny Crypto, we could have one final leg down. Before we talk about that, we are sitting at $833 billion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 38% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 16300 Ethereum is 1200 XRP is $0.39. Cents. Cardano is $0.30. Cents. We got Solana at $13. And Quant Network, one of our favorites, is sitting at 112 Selman, I'm kicking it to you, my friend. Typically, we have you do some TA, but the market's being really interested in this morning. So what's sticking out to you? And how are you reacting during this time? So I love the fact that we're, you know... Um... On a weekly basis, almost every day we're doing these TAs on, um, you know, Zoom calls and also on Discord, we're sharing stuff. And um, basically, my view hasn't changed. I believe this is a redistribution phase. It's not a, a accumulation zone. And uh, we're still below a certain trend, a minor trend. And um, I personally believe we are headed for another low, one less leg down. So it's still 12 to 14K is possible. Everybody's, the the issue though is, when it hits 12K, people, a lot of people will believe, oh, 9K is the next one. 10K is the next one. Do you have a game plan ready? That's important. I personally believe Bitcoin will go down one last leg down. We can't predict, of course, what time, uh, what price and when it's going to happen, but like 12 to 14K. And with that, many altcoins could, could drop another 30, 40%, 50%. So have your game plan ready. Have money on the side. Um waiting and then get into the fundamentally strong projects look at hbar at you know soon it could hit three cents check out amazon we did a great um call last time amazon was like 528 in uh in the you know um during the dot-com bubble and then went down to 28 cents it was 95 percent decrease and and did the fundamentals change no it was just the market being inefficient and so HBAR and many other projects, they're so they look like shit coins right now. But we know the fundamentals are there. If we want to speculate, then we should speculate um, in in these kind of assets, right? Where we where we see invest like big investors like Google, IBM are invested, and smart brains are sitting there, and not bragging like SBF did, showing off. Hey, look, I'm I'm investing for charity, Sarah. No. Um, Spending money for uh, on or donating money on charity. These guys are really building the future, CBDCs, et cetera. This is why I want to speculate on them. That's my two cents. Got it. And I want to kick it to Johnny here because Gonzo had a great comment and it said, we are in the final flush of this bear market. And I agree. We're about to show a really interesting indicator between the XRP and Bitcoin pairing. Last time we saw this indicator, Johnny K, XRP did a 25X on the price charge, but we got 161 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button, Johnny. Selman brought up something very important, which is that a lot of the real projects look like shit coins right now due to the bear market. And HBAR is one of them, having completed a 95% regression. What are some projects that stick out to you, Johnny? You know, when I look at it, as I've been telling you guys all along, I've always felt November or December would be the bottom of this market, right? And so we're coming near near to that time frame. I think December, there will be one last leg to drop. I don't know what it's going to be and how low we're going to go. But when you're doing a DCA strategy, you don't wait to the last moment. You DCA in along the way because that's, you know, you never know where the true bottom is. None of us know where it is. And that bottom may come in so fast. That Bitcoin may hit 10 or 12 and get the hell out of there so quick and you get a wick, right? So you, you want to make sure you got a DCA strategy, Abs. And for me, you know, the things that I've always liked that I've been picking more up as file, flow, sand, you know, Casper, uh, Quant, LCX, all those are the ones that I'm kind of trying to pack my bags with. Uh, Matic is another one that I absolutely love. And, uh, you know, Secret as well. God, there's so many. There's just so many that are on bargains right now. Um, but for me, it's just one of those things where I know, I feel like we will have a bottom in December. Something will come. I don't know what's going to drive it. I don't know what news is going to be. But I think there's one last leg to go down, as we've all been saying here for the longest time. And to me, it's like, now I'm getting excited because once we get through that last leg, you know, and I'm happy to be DCAing on the way down, then you decide whether you want to DCA on the way up or not. I prefer to be buying and DCAing on the way down than the way up, to be honest with you. Um, so for me, we're getting close, guys. We're getting close. It's getting exciting. And uh, I think just keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the charts. See what's happening there. But have your pile of money on the side waiting. And again, 
when it drops low and kicks back up, that may be, you know, we may never see those low again. So you may have to DCA on the upside as well. You know, that's totally fine. Awesome, guys. And we're going to dive into our first article for today because this was the groundbreaking news we had from last week. There's not many places you can run when it comes to decentralized opportunities. And MetaMask just removed themselves from that list as MetaMask is going to start collecting user IP addresses specifically on the Ethereum network. MetaMask will begin collecting users' IP addresses and Ethereum wallet addresses during on-chain transactions. Consensus, the wallet's creator, explains that the collection of the user's data will only apply if the MetaMask default remote procedure call application. The thing about that is that most of the most of the transactions that happen on this network are done through this protocol. The information gathered in this manner will be disclosed to affiliates during business deals or to comply with the know your customer and anti-money laundering requirements directed by law enforcement. Currently, there's 21 million active users using MetaMask, and there's nothing more important than customer privacy, says one of the developers. MetaMask has provided a great free service for a long time, but their decision to log IPs and tie transactions, it's unacceptable. Johnny, I'm going right back to you. There's less and less places to run by the day when it comes to decentralized exchanges. And Coach JV did an amazing video last week talking about this, but I'd love to get your opinion. What do you think about consensus and MetaMask turning into a centralized entity? No surprise. Go look who owns it. <laughs> it is three letters. Anybody want to guess what the three letters are? No surprise that that was coming. Uh, for me, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, switching to different masks. Uh, I mean, masks, <laughs> different wallets. So it's just going to be one of those things where there's several hot, other hot wallet options out there. And uh, you just decide. The thing I like about, to be honest with you, like MetaMask, I've been using them, but you can't stake anything on there. At least I haven't been able to stake anything on there. You know, you, you've got to go off platform. With, with Atomic Wallet, for example, I could stake right in the wallet, which is nice. And it's true staking, too. So, you know, they want to push people to a, a competitor product. It's totally fine. That's probably what's going to happen for the folks that want privacy. But a good majority of people will absolutely continue to use it because it's convenient. And people will give up privacy and security in a heartbeat for convenience. That's just how simple of a society we've become. Selman, we know you moved your project from Ethereum to the XRPL, but this is another example of why people should be migrating away from Ethereum-based protocols and maybe into some other blockchains. We know the consensus is pro-centralization, pro-JP Morgan, pro-BrackRock, and this is another example of that. How do you feel about this MetaMask uh, news, and would you continue using this exchange regardless of if they're logging your IP data? So uh, it looks like most of them, even like XRPL based wallets, right, will sooner or later uh, collect data. Um, that's for business, you know, to to maybe uh, collect the data to sell them eventually or for money laundering, anti-money laundering, right? They want to uh, collect all these data. I, I feel like... Um, um, the governments will will um, definitely want them, will force them to collect them. But, you know, majority of people, they're fine with it. They have been giving away free data to Facebook, Instagram anyway, so they don't care. But some people would feel like if, um, you know, we want to have a decentralized platform, but uh, the only way for me to use MetaMask, for example, is to, through KYC, you know, there there are many other ways. You could develop your own wallet. You could do, you know, other things to have access. You, you're probably going to use your terminal. Probably you've seen these hackers using like these black windows. I mean, I'm talking for people that uh, never have seen terminal. You know, the coding, etc. will be, you won't have that nice interface, but people will have ways to, um, you know, um, do all the transactions, whatever they want, completely decentralized without using uh, MetaMask, etc. But I really believe eventually million, hundreds of millions of people will join the space uh, in the next years and they don't care. They will give away their data. I don't know if VPN is a solution for that. I really don't know, but um, it's it's definitely coming. All Some wallet probably as well. Many others, I would speculate on that, that they will also do the same exact move in, uh, within the next years. Selman and Charles Hodgkins actually agrees with you saying that if Twitter integrates digital payments, we could see the total users in crypto double within a day just because 200 million people could be migrating into this ecosystem. Johnny, I'm going to kick it to you and then we'll go to NFT Tones. What's on your mind? Yeah, no, VPN is not going to solve your problem because if they force a KYC and they want to see your address, your driver's license and your VPN in it, it ain't going to work. Uh, people are doing that with Binance and then Binance. Uh, it was Binance Europe forced a KC, uh, uh, a KYC, and that's it. Your VPN is dead because, you know, now you're, you're showing a different location and you've got to give your license and they're going to match your location. So I'm not so sure a VPN is the long term. There is no I don't think it's a long term solution unless there's another way to scam around it. But 
sooner or later you're going to get caught. There's 87,000 IRS agents coming for you. So you better, you better just realize that you got a KYC. You've got to follow the law or you're going to end up, you know, you're not Sandbank Freeman. You're not, uh, you know, the Ethereum owners where you're going to skate away free. You're going to get snagged. So you, you just have to follow. Your dad didn't work with Gary Gensler. No, my dad doesn't even know Gary Gensler. Not even <laughs> NFT tones. You know what's funny about this article is that actually one of the only reasons that I use MetaMask is because I have a lot of NFTs that I've purchased during the bull run sitting on my MetaMask account. But when it comes to actual cryptocurrencies, I really do just use my ledger. I'd like to hear what you think about them collecting user data and what that could mean for the NFT market. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. And Johnny, I told you before, you need to actually... Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. But anyway, uh, Johnny or you this doesn't surprise me at all to be honest like these you knew they were going to collect data and we know other wallets are going to start collecting data and we know vpns are they'll protect you from ip addresses and stuff like that but other than that it's not going to really help especially if they start uh tracking uh or doing kyc and i remember what i was going to say i told you before johnny the solution to your problem was to buy a house in Italy because then you could KYC with your house in Italy and you would have been fine. But that's about it. Is that legal, Johnny Crypto? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what that is. I think when you're a United States citizen, you have to comply with our regulations regardless of where you are. Like I know if you're a United States citizen, you still have to pay those tax codes even if you're living in another country. So I don't know if that would actually be a solution, Tones, but we got 217 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're yet to get into our most interesting articles for today. And this is one, Selman, I'd like to get some quick comments on because Ripple put out a tweet just a couple of days ago stating that by 2024, at least 50% of the world's population is expected to use digital wallets for transactions, and that could be valued at over $9 trillion annually. When you talk about flipping a switch, this could be a catalyst. What's that mean to you, Selman? Imagine it's not 2030, it's 2024. It's just one year or 13 months away, right? And we believe that the bull market will start like in, in our, um, let's say, everybody's paradigm in everybody's let's say everyday life the halving plays an important role bitcoin halving and that's probably going to take like end of 20 that's going to happen 20 end of 2023 with that of course you have the momentum there it's already you know in progress and then when you see that institutions adapt governments force you to have digital wallets and step by step you see the pilot projects here and there people will become curious okay a cbdc what is that and then they will find out about crypto they heard of bitcoin before and then eventually they they will find out about xrp solana blah 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 i've seen solana in the chat that's why i'm saying solana but like they will see um, learn all of that and then you can see how money is flowing into the space i really believe in that it's not just speculation that i do i really truly believe it that 2024 and also 2025 will be the the big step of mass adoption. It wasn't 2020. 2020 was uh, the start with the pandemic. People were forced to, uh, you know, enter a new world, the digital world. But then the real payments and, you know, crypto utilities will come in 2024 and 25. And this is huge. $9 trillion is nothing. By 2030, it's going to be way higher, right? Even for metaverse only. For metaverse only, they're expecting $9 trillion. And this here, guys, is for like like total right um yep. just the, the transaction volume um or or value annually and this is nothing compared to what's going to happen in the next upcoming years in 2030 spot on Salman and Johnny I know you had some comments but there is something important to know which is that over 2.2 quadrillion dollars is transferred cross border every year now that doesn't mean there's 2.2 quadrillion dollars circulating in the system it means that's how much money is being transferred cross border so it's an interesting stat but a lot of that money is going to be going through blockchain protocols like Ripple XRP or Stellar XLM and even Algorand is building in ways that we are yet to identify we got 234 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button Johnny Crypto I'd love to give you some closing remarks and then we'll dive into our first article. You know, I think if, if anybody is coming into the space and the very first thing you're thinking about is how to avoid taxes, you're thinking about it wrong. I mean, you just, to, to go in there and say, oh, you're going to, you're not going to get it. It's digital. <laughs> Money's traceable. Everything's traceable. So trying to play a game to try and avoid and the VPNs and all this thing, it's a losing, it's a losing battle. You're going to lose in the long run. You're going to get snagged. Because all of this stuff can eventually be traced back to everybody. It's easy to follow the money. So, guys, 
if you're out there and you're, you know, you're following us, don't try to fight something that's inevitable. You're better off just figuring out ways to create businesses so that you can then have tax write-offs, legitimate tax write-offs to offset your taxes. That's a better approach than trying to hide from the government and get snagged. What did he say? It's just pointless. So I would just say, think about it from that perspective. Um, and I do want to just give kudos to Greenwood Holdings here. I didn't shout it out because I wanted to see if anybody knew it. And he is correct. Those are the three letters I was referring to that does own MetaMask. And they own a hell of a lot more than just that. But anyway, uh, yeah, let's keep rolling. Real, real quick, I got a question. So back to that thing to, uh, in Italy. So what happens if somebody has a dual citizenship then? Because then Ooh. they have to... Yeah, see? Yeah, the, the, you, know, you pay if you have a dual citizen, which I am, I, I do have a dual citizenship, you pay uh, American taxes. That's kind of the point I was making. It's like, even if I oh, went okay. over to the country, which I don't necessarily want to say that I do have another citizenship in, I would still have to comply with the American tax code. And the reason I know that is because I looked it up, which is pretty interesting. Well, but, and the reality is, I believe it goes by where your main residence is. So it's where you live more than six months of. So if you live more six months in your other country, Abs, and maybe that's the case. I'm not a tax. No, nope, not for American citizens. It's like a. Are we screwed no matter like, what? <laughs> Even if we yeah, live yeah. one day in America, we got to. OK. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I want to actually comment on uh, what you said, Johnny, with the tax, etc. I feel like like people join this space, right, with a poor, a broke mentality mindset. Right. They, they come and say, how can I uh, avoid taxes, etc. There it's actually super simple. The elite want you to play. They they already set rules for themselves to you know uh, overcome these this this burden paying taxes. You just have to do exactly what they do. Of course, for you and me, it's a little bit more challenging if you don't have the resources. If your father, your mother, or you know anyone around you, your brother or sister, never heard of this before, it's going to be challenging. It sounds very difficult, but it's actually not. You just need to invest a little bit more time in reading through that. Plus, another thing is why I'm saying 24, 25, we're, you know, developing NFTs and we're really doing a lot of research and uh, it, you see businesses are filing trademarks and it's all of that in a bear market and much, much more things happening. And also from a regulation perspective, it, it will take time. 2023 is too early to say mass adoption will kick in. This is why, including the Bitcoin halving, et cetera, 24 and 25 look very juicy for, for the space to grow. A hundred percent. And it looks like Amazon is going to be taking advantage of this unique opportunity as Amazon is creating an eight episode TV series based on Sam Bankman Freed and the collapse of FTX. So it really does just go to show this is a clip that may be included in that series because he talks about this is BitBoy Crypto flew to the Bahamas this week investigating the real estate deals that Sam Bankman Freed was doing. This is some groundbreaking information here. It pretty much speaks for itself. We're going to let the short clip playing it comes from the group. Here we go. At One Cable Beach. Now, there was a Washington Post article that said that Sam Benjamin Freed's parents owned a property here. Uh, we just got some really interesting information since we've been here. Someone came out and started talking to us. Apparently, there was one unit at One Cable Beach that they rented. They didn't even buy it. So there's a lot of discrepancies on this real estate that they own, and they've done it with some shell companies and stuff like that, so it's hard to really know what they have. We've been told they did not have a whole floor. They did not have a penthouse. They had one unit here. Um, and we're still trying to figure out where is this $121 million worth of real estate that they have. It's pretty interesting, John and Crypto, because we know they were spending money that isn't theirs. But it's even more interesting that people who who had a no behind the scenes, they were getting played as well. And I think BitBoy gives a great example of that. What do you think about this clip here revealing that Sam might not even own the $121 million worth of real estate and all the other you know dark secrets that are going to come out over the next couple of weeks surrounding FTX and the money they spent? Yeah, I mean, that's kudos, kudos to BitBoy to go out there and do the research. And figure out what's going on. He really, really has it out for 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 Sam, but uh, you know, and it's you know, again, the question is, where is the money? That's going to be, you know, a very interesting question for a long time to come, because we know there was a ton of money. I think it was thirty eight billion in total that that you know the FTX was worth that completely collapsed and evaporated, right? And but money doesn't evaporate; it goes somewhere. Somebody got it, got it, and somebody. You know, somebody got it and somebody got robbed. I mean, basically, it was a highway robbery, right? $38 billion gone. And so, you know, you're probably going to start to see that over, over the next few years of where this money went. But the, the thing is, I mean, the fact that you know, he's not even being considered by authorities is just, it's just a joke at the end of the day for the justice system. But I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. 
And another detail is that his private security actually escorted BitBoy off of the register, off of the, um, what is the word I'm looking for? The property, because he requested an interview with Sam. Sam sent his security down. They removed him with guns in hand. So it's a really interesting clip. Wow. Anyone wants to see that, go check it out. But we have some breaking news from BitBoy here as well. And Selman, I'd love to get your comments on this. Sam Bankman-Fried has officially agreed to do a Twitter Spaces within the next two weeks with BitBoy Crypto hosting the event. He unblocked BitBoy on Twitter and can confirm that they have spoken. He said, I look forward to getting questions, getting the answers to the questions the community must have so we can move forward some. And what does this mean to you that BitBoy, he's like a modern day TMZ in the crypto space? Man, he was about to save the planet. And then this happened right now. Um, so it's just, um, it, it's interesting. And I can tell you that that on that day, Elon Musk has to do a lot of work because we, we don't want that Twitter space to get rucked, right? There's always issues when a lot of people join the space, but that's going to be huge. There's going to be a lot of reporters. I, I can tell you that many influenced already said they would join, but most importantly, Elon Musk was always talking about SPF as well and said that he, you know, he didn't really believe in him, etc. And maybe who knows, maybe he's going to be there as well. And it's going to be um, interesting. I believe Sam is getting prepared for that. He has people that will tell him exactly what to say and what to what not to say. And um, it's going to be like a big event in this space. And um, I don't know if SBF is going to try to like manipulate people, if he's going to be like uh, play the victim here or if he's going to, I don't know, like say that he messed up, but uh, he kind of did with his tweets. It's it's speculation from now on, um, but I I hope it's not like an orchestrated Twitter space that they behind the speed is uh, behind the scenes agree on something. I hope that it's a very natural conversation without any script, right? So um, let's see. Thank you, and Johnny, I want to kick it to you, but there is something I should address. One of our listeners commented there were no guns drawn, shaking my head. I did not mean to say guns were drawn. I meant to say they were armed security. They were holding guns. They weren't pointing them at Ben. They're just armed security. So just to clarify there, Johnny, the floor is yours. Abs, you got to be careful what you say on the air. Our audience is really, really rough. You know, I, I mentioned something about Merlin one day that we were debugging it, working on getting the bugs out. And it was like, I'm not buying Apple to bug. Guys, whenever you launch technology, just so you know, there's always bugs. And that's a normal part of the process of debugging it, meaning you're, you're working, you're fixing all the errors because we're humans. We all make mistakes and you fix it. And when you launch it, there are no bugs in it. But it was just so funny. You got to be very careful what you say because people hold you to every single word. But, you know, I agree with, with someone here. I really, really, truly hope that this is sincere, I really, because if it is, BitBoy is going to go after him. He's going to go after him hard. I'm actually surprised SBF agreed to do it. So I'll tell you what, I will definitely be on that. <laughs> I will definitely be on that Twitter spaces and have my popcorn ready. I got the popcorn. <laughs> so I'll be all set, ready to butter flavor popcorn too. Waiting for this one. I can't wait. This is going to be exciting. And we've got some really interesting information here. I want to show our listeners as Sam Bankman fried actually met with the federal reserve Back in February 1st of 2022, Farmington State Bank was under the supervision of the Federal Reserve and Jerome Powell was actually the chairman for this specific bank. SPF and FTX met with Jerome Powell on February 1st of 2022, who then approved FTX $11.5 million stake into Farmington State Bank. Now, the reason this is interesting to me is because one of two things happened here. They either know the game and are exposing it or... They actually tricked the Federal Reserve into believing that they were profitable. And Johnny, both of those situations are extremely disappointing. I want to go back to you and then we'll work our way through the group. What do you think about Sam officially meeting with Jerome Powell way before the FTX collapse? All right. First of all, if you think they tricked the Federal Reserve, no. You got a better chance of getting struck by lightning than tricking the Federal Reserve. Okay. That's not happening here. What probably happened here, and I don't have no evidence, but I'm just guessing because I can. It's my opinion. I can have it. And my thinking is, I, as I always say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. If you look at Sam's parents, Sam's parents are very well connected. They're probably friends and buddies with Powell or somebody connected to Powell. You don't just get a meeting with Powell, okay? It doesn't work that way. So, you know, you know, Sam's go look at Sam's family tree. There's some very, very strong connections there to some other very powerful people. So, you know, again, guys, I'm not gonna speculate. I don't know what happened and what the plan was, but we know again, just always go back to the Johnny Crypto rule. It's not what you know. It's who you know. 
Selman, this is really interesting. But one of the things I wanted to point out is this week I saw a video from this guy, More Plates, More Dates. He has a very popular YouTube channel, and he broke down some of the drugs that Sam Bankman Free is taking. And one of them is very similar to a limitless pill. So this is really interesting, and I want to pull it up for our listeners. But while I do that, I'm going to give you the floor. What do you think about Sam Bankman Free meeting with the Federal Reserve and then convincing them to take his $11.5 million? I want to agree with um, with Johnny. It, it's just these guys are ruling the world, right? Money rules the world and they and power, right? And they have the power. And so um, I think it was quite the opposite, right? Uh, you see all the connections also with like Alameda Research, uh, CEO, uh, CEO's father uh, being um, like the, the at MIT, also with Gary Gensler, et cetera. They all know each other. It's just... The elite, they all know each other. And I believe I, I don't want to say that it's that this happened really happened. But like it smells like it was all orchestrated, that this whole uh, FTX collapse, that New York, you know, we all were speculating on it. But then New York Times saying that, oh, SPF was trying to save the planet, but it didn't work. It's a drama like he, they turned the fraud, the the, the this this situation, which is completely fraught, right, into a drama and, and a very lovely drama that was like, OK, it's orchestrated for me. I personally I, I bought into it. I believe it's completely scripted. This happened because they, they're now uh, going to force more regulation and it's going to be everybody's going to be like, yeah, we want KYC. Yes, we want this and that. Everybody's going to call out for a government to uh, jump in and, and fix this uh, issue instead of coming with, um, yeah, instead of playing these shady games, it, we, we should have had this better communication, etc. Right. Uh, but it's all part of the game that they play. And, uh, we'll find out in the next months, uh, how, how this develops, but it's interesting to see that, you know, the close ties to the fed and, uh, BlackRock, this and that, I think it's, it's part of a, a much bigger game. Johnny, and I want to point out, he brought up something very important, which is that BlackRock's second largest investment in the cryptocurrency space was invested in FTX. So that's a very interesting stat there. We got 267 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Susie Gemini is asking, what is a limitless pill? Well, it's actually from a movie where you can take this pill and it allows you to become the best version of yourself. There is a similar product on the market for people, and I am not familiar with medical. I shouldn't even be talking about this, but I'm just explaining what they did in the video. They give this drug to people who are on the brink of, of serious depression and possibly suicide, or you can take it under the counter and it allows you to become basically the best, most motivated version of yourself. So what this drug does is it supposedly inhibits the part of your brain that is increasingly critical of your own persona and it makes you critical of other people. It even gives you a God complex if taken too much. So really interesting stuff. There's a 20 minute breakdown video here. Go check it out. Sam Bankman Freed's Limitless Drug, but Johnny Crypto, I'm kicking it back to you because we got much more important news for today. What does this mean to you, my friend? The Limitless Drug, close us out. Well, what it means is, guys, please don't go out and take this drug, okay? <laughs> We're not condoning this thing. It's probably got side effects. Anything that's not natural to me, I stay away from. But, but I do want to get the movie. That I will. I didn't know there was a movie out there. Thank you for our audience for bringing that up. I, I saw Gonzo just mentioned. I guess Bradley Cooper's in it and Robert De Niro. Being Italian, I'm going to have to watch it now. But, yeah, don't, don't go out and take drugs, guys. There's other ways to get to where you want to be. Uh, and, and, you know, if you know Coach J.V., he can tell you lots of natural ways to, to be able to explore your mind without having to do it with this kind of stuff. I love it, Johnny Crypto. And let's get back into some more crypto-related content because you're not here for some medical information from me, that's for sure. Matt Hamilton said the source of most of the XRP disinformation spread about XRP actually comes from Bitcoin maximalists. So let's break down this article. Former principal developer advocate at fintech firm Ripple, Matt Hamilton, explained the origin of, the most, of most of the disinformation spread about XRP. In the early days of Bitcoin talk, you could earn up to five Bitcoin by posting fake articles about XRP, claiming that it was centralized and a scam. He says that's the source of most of the disinformation spread about XRP, even to this day in 2022. We brought some of the hard evidence here saying that someone was DMing a bunch of people on there, offering them five Bitcoin if they publicly posted FUD about XRP, calling it centralized and a scam. Matt Hamilton went on to say the brain rot of BTC maximalists. And this is the more boring details here. We're showing you a screenshot of the actual message that went out promoting the false information around XRP. Selman, 
How big of an impact do you think this has on the current ecosystem today? And what do you think about XRP being called not only centralized, but a shitcoin and five Bitcoin? I mean, that's almost a hundred grand at this point. Man, I wish I had a time machine and took that offer and then dump it for XRP back then. Brutal. That would be huge. Five Bitcoin into how much XRP back then, right? But <laughs> but um, you see, um, XRP is a second uh, currency, actually. It's not Ethereum, uh, not, not in current market cap. I'm talking about like the, the second well-known cryptocurrency that came out, right? And it's the mother of altcoins, actually. Mother of tokenization, I would say, because on uh, XRP, uh, before Ethereum, way before Ethereum launched this, you were able to... Uh, tokenize right you can you were able to bring out tokens etc so uh, xrp had a lot of value has still a lot of value right and um um that is a huge threat for them and they know that ripple was had a niche it was banking system and they don't like it bitcoin maximalists hate banks they don't want it and this is a reason why probably you know a lot of bitcoin maxis found ways to uh, attack xr the xrp community or xrp in general and um, it's interesting to see that, but of course, um, eventually the utility will show itself, right? Prove that XRP has the value, that it's not dependent on influences or mark marketing campaigns to to push it out. They have very close ties to big banks, to big institutions. Sooner or later, we will see the value, um, uh, the price adapting to the value. And other projects will lose a lot of uh, value because their utility is not great enough or it was all just based on hype. Johnny, I'd love to get some of your thoughts here because these quotes talking about the campaign that happened in 2013, he's actually addressing them this weekend. Almost a decade later, he believes that a lot of these fake rumors are still impacting the market. I don't know what that says about the investors in this market or the narratives and how they stick. But one of the things that always comes around in bear markets is a Bitcoin narrative around banks and how they want to remove themselves from the banking system. But in reality, the largest catalyst for Bitcoin is when the centralized entities decide to adopt, hold, and store the cryptocurrency. So the banks may actually push crypto into the mainstream. I'd love to get some of your thoughts. Do you believe this is still impacting the market today, the fake news around XRP? No. I mean, in terms of like back then in 2013, there were like three coins. Or I don't even know. It was Bitcoin. It was XRP. And maybe, or I don't know if it was called XRP then. Maybe it was OpenCoin. Maybe there was Ethereum a few years later. There were not a lot of coins, right? I actually remember when my buddies came to me and told me we should mine Bitcoin. I'm a freaking moron for not doing that, too. I should have listened. But um, I remember those conversations in 2013. But, you know, it was a different market. There were like four coins, five coins. It was not a lot. So it's very easily to manipulate and see who your competitor. Now there's there's over 20,000 coins, 10,000 active coins, or about 8,000 active coins. It's not going to be as easy to FUD it now. And, and, and the markets are kind of set. People have their... Their, their minds and communities around these things. So I think it'd be much, much more difficult. Now, of course, if somebody offered five Bitcoin, yeah, you'll get some people to create some cud, but fud, but nobody's going to do that. Now, I don't think this is that as relevant anymore, in particular about, you know, the Bitcoin mass. I do agree, though, with the concept of, you know, any kind of maximalism being bad. It's just stupid. Um, the reality is these things are going to coexist. And as I said earlier, I don't, I don't, I'm the farthest thing from a maximalist. I'm a complete opposite. I'm a utilist, right? I've got my horses in a ton of races here or a ton of horses in these races. Because to me, that's where the true winner is going to be, is not trying to figure out the one winner because there's going to be a few. It's making sure I've got a few of those horses in my stable. To me, that's what's important in this race apps. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. And we got 269 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to show you something that if you haven't seen before, you're going to find this very interesting as we are showing you a list of the top 100 banks on the planet and their connections to RippleNet as well as XRP. So this list is from 2019. Don't want to mislead people here. This could have changed dramatically. We have some of the largest banks on the planet not only having met with Ripple, but actually agree to be part of their alliance here. We've got Bank of America. JP Morgan is one of the largest company, sorry, largest banks in America that hasn't joined RippleNet, Johnny. And we we I think we all understand why. They're they're more Ethereum, sorry, they're favoring Ethereum over Ripple XRP. And this is another prime example of that. But some of the largest banks on the planet, we've got Credit Suisse. Uh, Bank of America, HSBC, many, many more. I'm going to scroll through this list, but Johnny, I'd love to get some thoughts from you and Selman. What does it mean? Sorry, you, NFT Tones and Selman. What does it mean to you that 38 of the top 100 banks were using Ripple back in 2018? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's why Ripple became at one point, I think it was the number one market cap coin at a certain point in time for a while. And I think this is probably what drove the news back then. I wasn't in it back then, so I really have to, you know, I can't, whatever I say is probably not 100% accurate. So, uh, but what I will say is that to me, it's great to see all those banks you're scrolling through their abs, 38 of them that were on board. My question is, we're in 2022. And in 2022, how many of those banks, after seeing what Ripple went through and after the lawsuit was done, are still on board? That is the million. As as Yusko says, the answer is always as important as the question. And the question is, how many banks are still on board? And we know that maybe Bank of America is the question of the rest of them. And that's probably, that's what we need to find out now. And one of the banks that I'm actually going to be keeping an eye on is this one right here, Bank of China. Imagine if we got Bank of China in there, and that's just a little theory. But Bank of America not only adopting the the asset, I mean, look at how many assets they're holding on their balance sheets. In 2019, they had 20, sorry, they had 2,300 billion. So what is the actual number there, Johnny? I'm not even sure. I think that's $230 billion worth of assets. Can you imagine if they start using Ripple XRP? But Selman, love to get some thoughts from you. What do you think about this news from 2019? Then we'll kick it to Tones. I mean, let's kick it to Tones because, um, you know, um, I agree with Johnny and also the fact that, uh, you know, there, there's this thing. I have a hard time, still hard time understanding, like, imagine, guys, and you guys can help me under, um, answer this. Imagine there are still, there is still so many people asking the same question. If, if XRP is used for liquidity, right? When someone is buying XRP, transferring something in in three seconds, five seconds, and then converting it back to dollars, for example, wouldn't be the price of XRP this, uh, remain the same, right? That's like the thing that everybody's asking. And it, how come people would still park their money in XRP, like $200 billion? That's like the, the only thing that many people that want to invest in XRP are still asking themselves. And, um, and I wasn't able to immediately give an answer back then. I was... Um, so maybe you guys want to say, but if these big banks are, my personal opinion, if these big banks are involved in this and they are, um, you know, parking their money also in XRP, um, thinking it's a scarce asset, right? This is, you know, basically uh, going to affect the price long term. So what do you guys think of this? Sorry, Salman, you're going to have to repeat your question. Can you remind me of, of that real quick? Yep. So basically, if the big banks... Do you guys think the big banks are willing to park all their money in XRP um, thinking that it's going to be like a, you know, it's a scarce asset. And um, that way, you know, billions of dollars will uh, would be sitting in XRP that would drive up the price. Right. What do you guys think of this? Is that the case or will it be used for just uh, as a bridge really quick and then they will convert it back to um, the dollars? That's a question that everybody's asking. Yeah. So what I believe is that even either case scenario, you're going to have a dramatic increase in the dollar backing behind the asset. So I do think either case scenario is bullish, but what I do think is most likely is that they're actually just using it as a dollar settlement transaction, right? Like it's going to be used as an intermediary between central bank digital currencies, as well as fiat dollars. And Johnny, that's what I think is so interesting, regardless of if the banks want to buy and sit on the XRP, or if they want to have an entity like Ripple do it for them, it doesn't matter. It's going to be owned by somebody and the people who are sitting on that asset are not going to be selling it. They're going to be using it for the utility and then transferring it back into dollars. What are some of your thoughts there, Reto? Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that's true. And the reality is banks real banks aren't stupid. Banks know what real money is. Real money is gold. gold. And banks have been buying up gold like you haven't seen. They've been buying gold like they've never seen gold, like it's going out of style, especially the, the, you know, the BRIC countries. They've been buying it. So, you know, the reality is we all know at the end of the day, gold is really the true monetary supply. Now, to answer someone's question on whether or not how they're going to use Ripple, I don't I don't actually know if any of us know the answer to that yet. I do agree with you, Abs. It'll be certainly the settlement transaction for the companies and banks that decide to use it. Uh, and then in terms of that, I, I don't know the mechanism yet if they have to transfer that. You know, they have to they have to, I think, buy so much of it and have it on their books, and then it'll be used for the settlement transactions. So some of it I think gets locked up, which is good because that'll drive the price up. Uh, to some degree, right? And then there's also going to be a bunch of use cases around XRP that we've seen. 
Sorry, hold on a second. Awesome, guys. And we're about to dive into our next thing, which is very, very interesting, showing a possible 25X on the XRP price chart. But NFT Tones, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. Back in 2019, 38 of the top 100 banks were using RippleNet and connected to XRP. Now I'm sure that list has grown, but not in the United States due to the SEC. What do you think of that news before we dive into this price chart showing XRP is finally turning bullish? I think that that it's huge news and I really want to see what the list looks like now, to be honest, even though they're not including banks in the Americas, it'd still be interesting to see how uh, expansive the list has gotten. And this is amazing news because as more and more banks adopt and become under the XRP army, it just shows that there's more and more adoption for uh, crypto technology in general. But uh, in general for XRP. So this is very, very exciting news. And it just shows you that we should continue to DCA in. Obviously not financial advice. Everybody do your own research. But this is definitely really exciting. Since this is from 2019, we can only presume that they've made more and more partnerships as we've seen and talked about before. Absolutely. Thank you, NFT Tones. And we got 273 live listeners joining us. Check out this groundbreaking news, Selman, as India is beginning to test their digital rupee, also known as a CBDC, in four cities with four banks. This is the beginning of the end when it comes to fiat. If we're seeing CBDCs launched in 2022, it's just like you said, Selman. Imagine where we'll be in just eight years. I'd love to get some thoughts from you before we dive into some additional XRP news. Really quickly, can you imagine all these very big updates come from, you know, they first tested in China, India, all these, you know, uh, developing countries. And then sooner or later, it, you know, I'm, China is not a developing country, but like the government, the country is very rich, right? But um, they are, they don't have the open, the free speech as we have. So it's like an order and they do it, right? They execute. In America, it takes a lot of time to convince the people first because free speech is a big threat. So um, it all starts there, the pilot projects, then you have it in Europe. And then eventually the biggest economy in the world, USA, will adopt it, right? And you see it starts with India, et cetera, with, with these billions of people actually um, getting in touch with digital wallets. And then eventually it's going to be Europe, and North America. So I'm, I'm, it's going to be huge guys. And you, we are all super early. I love this comment here. We always call 2023 the year of institutional adoption. Well, one of our listeners said 2023 will be the year for CBDCs, regulation, and mass adoption. We can throw institutions into that list as well. But let's break into this groundbreaking news we have here is the XRP versus Bitcoin pairing is looking more bullish than it has in over three years. So let's explain what's going on here. XRP versus Bitcoin is doing something right now we've only seen three times before. On the daily time frame, it's broken above the EMAs and consolidated above without falling back below. We're at an image number four, most similar to image two. So you'll have to look at the screen to fully understand what I'm saying here. But if we repeat what we've seen in the past, there is a 25X on the horizon for XRP. And it wouldn't surprise me if a resolution in the lawsuit actually led us into that catalyst settlement. You are known as the chart guy here. So I'm going to you first before we kick it to Johnny K. Possible 25X. The last three times we've seen this indicator, we've seen massive growth with this project. What are you anticipating? And is this worth addressing? Or is this just another blip in the price chart? It's going to be because this is showing you how XRP performed against Bitcoin. Um, it, it's a totally different thing when you focus on the dollar chart, right? Sometimes a little peak could mean 100x. Sometimes a big peak could mean less than that. It really depends also on the market cap, of course, like in dollar terms. And um, of course, we have a huge uh, amount of um, like valuation for Bitcoin. Uh, for XRP, it's not, you know, a couple hundred million anymore. It's in the billions. And so um, what I personally believe is with with the settlement or whatever, with with the with the, a great update that's going to come very soon, hopefully. Gary, uh, Brad Gallinghouse says like early 23, 2023 could be even December. Who knows? But if it happens, that will uh, drive up the price, of course. But eventually it will adapt to the market sentiment. If the if Bitcoin is down and or ready for another leg down sooner or later, it will be stopped again. It's going to be like Quan. Imagine Quan had a perfect rally in summer. And then while Bitcoin went up, but now Quan is down again, not as bad as Solana or other projects, of course, but still got affected from that sentiment. And so I don't believe that XRP is going to go massive parabolic right now for that. There is no great risk appetite is not in this space, but it will 
give the green light for a parabolic run in the bull market. So anything, of course, if it resonates with you, if you love XRP and you want a dollar cost average in, always buy the rumors, sell the news after the news kicks in, wait for it to cool down again. But again, uh, based on the XRP over Bitcoin chart, you know, once we really break out of a significant resistance, I can bring it up ne next time. It can really go wild and um, we can see great performance on the dollar chart. That's some one of our listeners commented, for all you newbies out there, you don't have to buy a full Bitcoin. That works for every single cryptocurrency. That's what's best about this market. It's not like stocks where you got to buy an entire share. You can buy 0 0.000001 of a Bitcoin, which is pretty interesting for anybody who didn't know that. But Johnny, I'd love to get some thoughts from you here at 25X. I'm not sure where that would take us, but I think it would be about $12. Pretty realistic price target there with a resolution. What are you anticipating, my friend? Mr. Wright already did the math for you, and he says here 25X would be $10. And he's asking me if that would be my sell point. So I will say this. Um, I will have an, I, whoops, I do. Oh, I'm going crazy. I have, I will, you should all have an exit plan. And, and that $10 time uh, uh, target price is close to one of my targets. So yes, I will definitely be selling some of my XRP at that $10 price point. Now the question is how much, right? And that's, that's, that's the whole point of having an exit plan. On the way up, you want to have certain price points where you think they're, um, you know, where the value is, where you believe that value would be and where it makes sense to pull out. And, and you know, and that the, the reality is like when I say whenever I talk about selling, right, I, you know, I see a lot of people say, I'm never selling my XRP. OK, don't sell it. Well, you're never going to get you're just going to watch it go up and go without. I've done the same thing. The reality is what I'm looking at is I'm trying to figure out how many. How much do I want to sell and how many bags do I want to take with me in the future? Because I believe we're in such a beginning of this. You know, I wish we had that adoption curve. I need to put that in there. We got to upload that thing. The adoption curve shows, you know, Abs, you've shown it several times. We've talked about it on this show. We're in the very beginning. We're in 1997 of the dot-com boom, right? Um, or I shouldn't say dot-com boom. I should have said more of the technology boom, the internet boom that we've had. And so right now, because I understand that, and because I made this mistake already in 1997 and sold all my Amazon, I'm not doing that again. What I'm doing this time is I'm going to sell a good chunk of it, but I'm also going to bring a good chunk of it with me in the future. And you want to have those price points set up. The phone is ringing. Oh, sorry about that. Is, I'm not, yeah. Well, I can't answer it. So, <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to continue with this context. we got some more breaking news surrounding XRP. Crypto Mason puts out some fantastic information when it comes to the Bank of London and specifically the development they're doing with instant settlement. And this is a breaking announcement from the Clearinghouse in London as well as Swift that says they are shaping, reshaping how banks create real-time settlements between operations. And one of, the, one of the payment networks that they actually labeled in this article was global networks such as Ripple and XRP to settle whatever currency stakeholders demand. Another example of why we could see massive price action within this project, Johnny, what do you think about London being where it all starts? Anybody who's in the XRP community knows it all starts in London. Yeah, I just want to go off mute here. Yeah, so I, I really think that that's important. And now the question is, again, will they, you know, will, will XRP be the one, right? This is the thing I think we're always waiting to see who's going to be the, the dominant one that, in a sense, takes over. Which systems are going to coexist? Again, all of this is coming. We're going to get more clarity to this over the next. You know, somebody said the year of 2023 is going to be the year of mass adoption for CBDCs. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I could be wrong. I think 2023 will be the year of testing CBDCs around the world. There's a big, the world is a pretty big place and there's a lot of moving parts to it. And I'm not sure the whole world can pull it off in one year. You know, I've always heard that 2025 is when we'll truly see real mass adoption. But the way mass adoption works is first you got to get it started. You got to get the, you got to get the wheels on the car and then you got to get the car doors and the frame and the engine put it in all that stuff. You build it piece by piece and you're going to see that happening. And I think 2023, 2024, progress all that and then i think in 2025 when when we when i believe the iso i think it was the final release or launch that will happen i think that's when you'll see more of true mass adoption beginning it ain't gonna happen then but you'll start to be at that curve where you start to now go up on the exponential part of it where you're going up and then by 2030 we'll probably be very very close to you know maybe 50 60 70 percent mass adoption by then that's my guess so we'll see what happens
Robert Lee, don't worry. I also broke my crystal ball, my friend, but we got 264 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I love this comment we got from Lucid Dream here. It said, I still think once the XRP settlement happens, Ripple's IPO and the price needs to be set or flipped as a stablecoin price. That's a really interesting take. Some people still believe that XRP could possibly become a stablecoin. I don't think it's built for that utility. I think that it's actually built for massive value. That way it can transfer more cash at once. NFT Tones, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. When it comes to this London article, it's interesting that they specifically named Ripple XRP in the in the title where it says security is top of mind. So global networks such as Ripple XRP can settle whatever currency stakeholders demand. And that's really unique to blockchain, but it's not unique to this cryptocurrency. What do you think about this news XRP, or sorry, NFT Tones? I think that this is really interesting. I It shows that... Um, that more people are getting, more banks are getting ready to start getting, like start getting cryptocurrency in there and start building the framework and start getting there. Now, I wish it didn't take so long to get this adoption started and to actually get it going. Like uh, Johnny Crypto said, it's going to take more than a year. I We all wish that it would all be done already, but some of us have been in here for a long time. So What's really interesting is to see how long it'll take. But now we know the frame, the frames are being set. The framework is being built. We are here for the long run. We just need to be patient. And it's kind of hard to be patient because a lot of us are impatient and everything teaches us to be impatient. So it's, it's definitely going to be a long run. And I think we just got to remember that if we are smart and not financial advice. If we DCA and continue to hold our bags and stay for the long run, I think we'll be safe. And I mean, like I said before, we keep seeing more and more partnerships with banks and other technology and other projects and other companies, and more and more people are adopting Ripple. So I think it's only a time before crypto uh, technology in general catches on to mass adoption. Thank you, Tones. And I want you to comment on this article as well, because there are some rumors that Apple may be removing Twitter from the Apple App Store because Elon Musk purchased the service. I'd like to get some of your thoughts on that. What do you think about Elon Musk possibly creating a competitor to Apple and maybe even launching an iPhone or a smart device that could compete? I would definitely purchase that. Uh, To be honest, it wouldn't surprise me. And I would honestly feel uh, safer with Elon because it uh, generates competition for Apple because right now Apple kind of owns the market. And I know you could say Android and whatnot, but the fact of the matter is they can put a 30% tax on their app store and people have to make apps. Otherwise there's no other way for them to get around it. They can't put their app on that iPhone and then they're only uh, stuck to do it on Android. And so I don't know what the tax is on Android, but I think a 30% uh, tax is ridiculous. And I really hope that Elon comes in, makes a competitor to them so that then Apple is forced to actually do something about this because a 30% tax is just, it blows my mind. It really does. I feel so bad for the uh, app developers that have to pay that. And now it really boggles my mind why some of these apps are 7 to $10. Like, holy shit. It is a crazy time, Tones. And one of the things I'd like to point out, Johnny, is that Right now, I don't believe XRP could be considered a stablecoin because only there's only ever going to be $100 billion best case scenario. And we know that they're slowly being burned. That means there could only be $100 billion in value used for cross-border payments. And we know that over $5 trillion is transferred per day globally. So that's one of the reasons I don't think the market cap could get large enough at a $1 stablecoin for XRP it wouldn't fit the use case. You're going to need a higher price target. And we've seen people like David Schwartz and Brad Garlinghouse actually hint at that, stating that if they're going to handle the amount of liquidity necessary, XRP, it's going to have to have a relatively high price target. Now that's up for interpretation, but it is interesting. I'm sure they're not talking about 30 cents. Johnny, I'd like to get some of your thoughts here. Feel free to address anything. We only got a couple of minutes left. We've got Elon launching a competitor to Apple, but also do you think XRP could be a stablecoin? I mean, this just shows you how powerful you know, the Apple store and the Google Play store is literally if they those two stores just ripped it out. There's no way that people get Twitter on their phones. Right. And we know that the majority of people use the stuff on their phones. That just shows you that the power, incredible amounts of power, are literally in the hands of two, two stores that drive everything. 
That's the problem that needs to be fixed. And I don't know if Elon's got a solution for that. But to me, that's where we need some help. But I don't know. You know, in terms of, of, of no, I don't. I mean, if you're going to be a stable coin, you're going to start out as a stable coin. That's not the intention of what Ripple is. And so for me, the interesting thing is if it's going to be a cross-border payment solution, the one thing I've always struggled with wrapping my head around is how can it be if it's not a stable coin? And if it is a stable coin, I'm not excited about it being a dollar. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see how that whole thing is going to work. Hey, that's almost a 3X from where we are today, though. It, it is a 3X <laughs> from today. But I'm pretty sure we asked our audience right there in the group chat if they'd be excited about uh, you know it being a dollar, they'd probably hang you perhaps for even saying it. Because, <laughs> not you personally, but you in general, because everybody's expecting you know five eighty nine, ten thousand, all these crazy numbers that I don't think is ever going to happen. You know, more like a ten dollar number is probably more realistic. I think maybe fifty long term. You know, things like that, um, I think are more realistic numbers. But I, again, I don't know. I don't, I broke my crystal ball too, like he said in there in the chat there. So I don't know, Abs. We'll have to wait and see. Awesome, guys. And we're going to close this episode out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to NFT Tones. Thank you to Selman G. And thank you to my man, Johnny K. We got 266 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I'm wishing you guys an amazing day. We'll see you in 23 hours. Like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining. Let's go.